Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Epistle of John, which is really a, a letter, and uh, that word epistle is a, is a fancy, uh, fancy word for uh, for letter. And we're going to be looking at uh, some passages in the fifth chapter in the book of First John. So I'll give you a moment to uh, turn there, and we're going to be looking at uh, several other uh, passages as well. Now, I'll give you a, a heads up. You can be ready to turn to a couple of passages in the, in the book of John, the Gospel of John, uh, as well. And so let's go to the uh, to the Lord in prayer, and as we begin our study this morning. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you, O Lord, for your great love. We thank you for the life of Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong and all of the missionaries, thousands, perhaps millions, over the course of the last 2,000 years, who have dedicated their lives to you and dedicated their lives to sharing your love, the message of your love and forgiveness the gift of eternal life with the peoples of the world. We all belong to one race, the human race. We all share the same need, the need of the Savior, the need to be forgiven, the need to be reconciled. And so we pray today Dear Father, for anyone here today or anyone listening by the internet, podcast, whatever the case might be, 
anyone who is without Jesus as Savior, without the assurance, without the confidence, the knowledge that they're saved. We pray that today they would come to be saved. They'll give their heart, they'll give their life, they'll give their past, present, and future to the Lord Jesus Christ to be reconciled, to be healed, to be restored. We pray this in the powerful and precious name of Jesus. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would speak to us through your holy word, bringing honor and glory to your dear Son, our Savior. And we thank you, Lord, for your precious love. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first epistle of John, chapter 5, and beginning at verse, we're actually going to start at verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. The Truthful Testimony. Now, the title of the message is That You May Know, and it comes from that, that passage there. But in this whole book, John has been preaching and teaching concerning the truth, because there were so many false teachers in the first century, and through all of the centuries, there have always been false teachers. And here in this, this fifth chapter in this letter, he concludes by stating the truthful witness and the truthful testimony. Now, all of Scripture testifies to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. There is no other Messiah. There is no other Savior. Jesus and Jesus alone is the Savior. Sadly, tragically, in the life of Israel, only a small portion of the Jewish people during the time that Jesus lived, only a small portion received him and accepted him as Savior. The majority rejected him, and even to this very day, sadly, tragically, but the day is coming because the Bible makes it very clear just as we sang a moment ago in that, that hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, 
Jesus will return. He is coming back again. And his return is closer than ever. But when he returns, he will return to the nation of Israel. And the Bible teaches that they are going to weep. And when they see him, they're going to realize all of this time. Jesus was and is, in fact, the Messiah, the promised Son of God, the Deliverer. And the Apostle John, under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit here, he shares the, the truthful testimony. And who is it that gives the testimony? And so let's go first to Psalm 2. Psalm 2. The book of Psalms, Psalm 2. And let's read there. And we'll begin at verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. It's referring to the Messiah referring to the Son of God, referring to the ultimate King, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then shall he speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my King on my holy hill of Zion, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Jesus Christ is the Lord. Now, turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And just by way of warning, this will probably be a two-part, if not a... Uh, if not a three-part uh, uh, sermon. But it's so important. Luke chapter 4. And beginning at verse 21. Luke chapter 4. And verse 21. Actually, let's, let's back up and, and begin reading from uh, in this same chapter, but... Uh, uh, verse 16. So he, that is Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, You will surely say this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath, in the, in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down uh, over the cliff. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. They were angered because Jesus dared to proclaim that God loved the Gentiles as much as he loved the Jews. For our God is the God of all people. And Jesus is the Savior for all people. Now turn to John, please. The Gospel of John and chapter 5. In this first point, the truthful testimony, sub-point there, A, God the Father testifies concerning his Son, Jesus Christ. We read there in Psalm 2, and then also in Luke. Now let's read from John chapter 5. And beginning at verse 18. The Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now you've probably heard people say, Jesus never, never equated himself with God. Nor did Jesus ever say that he himself was God. Yet the Bible teaches that he is God the Son. And we've read in the book of Hebrews, in the first chapter, you can read it if, if, uh, if uh, you're not familiar with it, where God the Father actually calls the Son God. And he commands the angels to worship him. But let us continue reading. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, that is the Father, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. 
For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Now notice, notice what Jesus is saying. We've said this many times. You cannot have the Son without the Father. And you cannot have the Father without the Son. Nor can you have God the Holy Spirit in your life without knowing the Son and the Father. Because God has revealed himself as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you can't divide them up. To have the Son is to have the Father and the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit who lives in our lives. But if you deny and reject Christ, you do not have the Father nor the Spirit. For the Bible teaches that only those who have the Spirit of God living and dwelling within them are those who can truly proclaim that Jesus is the Lord, the Son of God. And let's continue reading. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. Now, once again, let me make it very clear that in the Greek, several different words are used for life. Bios, where we get biology, refers to physical life. That's physical life. Everyone has physical life. Those trees out there have physical life. We all have physical life. And then the suke, where we get the psychology, dealing with the personality, and even, we've mentioned that even pets have personalities, don't they? Ah, but there's a, another word, zoe, and that is the word that is used here. And it is used only with respect to eternal life. Eternal life. And only the believer in Christ has eternal life. Notice what he says here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. That is the Zoe. And, and shall not come into judgment. Notice that. So if a person accepts Christ as their Savior, notice what he says, but has passed from death into life and shall not come into judgment. There are so many people today who teach falsely that if you commit some sin, etc., even though you, as a Christian, that then you're going to lose your salvation. But where is the joy in that? Christ has come into our lives to give us the abundant life and to fill us with the joy of God himself. There is joy in the knowledge that we are saved and saved forever. If something can be taken away, how then can it be uh, qualified as eternal? It's not eternal, it's temporal. If it can be taken away, then it is temporal and conditional. But the Bible teaches that God loves us with an unconditional love. 
Jesus came and he died on that cross. He paid the penalty in full. If you know him as your Savior today, you are saved and saved forever. Jesus here says, most assuredly, verse 25, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. You see, Jesus lived and walked upon the earth. He knows what it is to be both God and man. He understands he understands what it's like to live upon this earth because he lived upon the earth. Yet without sin, perfect, fulfilling the law of God. He fulfilled it in honor of God and to make it possible for his sacrifice to be acceptable, appeasing. That's that propitiation, that word that you read in this same book. The substitute, he satisfied, he fulfilled the wrath of God because sin is a crime in God's universe and crime does not pay. It has to be paid for. And the only one who could pay the price was Jesus Christ the Lord, the perfect Son of God. And he paid it for you and for me and for the entire human race. So that if you know Jesus as your Savior, you are forgiven. Eternally forgiven. And he goes on. Do not marvel. Verse 28. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Notice, God the Father testifies concerning his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? But now he continues. He continues. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John. He's referring to John the Baptist. And he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his life. But I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. Notice Jesus is he's proclaiming the truthful witness, the witness of the Father. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. Notice that? 
To not believe in Jesus, to not accept him as Savior, is to not hear God's message. It is not to honor God, but rather to dishonor and reject. Then he goes on. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. Now what scripture was he talking about? The New Testament wasn't written yet. You see, the unbeliever, it's so tragic. They never stopped to consider that all of these books were written over the span of some 1,500 years by more than 40, or at a minimum of 40 different people. God is the author who spoke, who inspired them to write through God the Holy Spirit, who gave us the scripture. But the scripture right here specifically that Jesus is referring to are the books of the Old Testament, what the Jewish people refer to as the Tanakh. So let's turn to Deuteronomy, one of the books of, of Moses. Deuteronomy. In chapter 18. Deuteronomy, back in the Old Testament there. In chapter 18. At verse 15. And this is Moses speaking to the Israelites before they entered into Israel. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Notice that word hear, to hear. Not just with the ear, the physical ear that is, but with the ear of the heart and the soul. According to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire anymore, lest I die. The people, the people were terrified when God spoke from the mountain. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. We'll end there. Now let's turn back now to, to John, where we were in the fifth chapter, talking about the Gospel of John. And let's read this one more time at verse 39 in the Gospel of John, chapter 5. You search the Scriptures, for them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, and notice what he says here, that you do not have the love of God in you. You see, people today are unwilling to accept God's truth, and why? Because they do not have love for God. They don't have love in their heart for God. 
And because of that, they are blind. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Sound familiar today? Hmm. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from only from the only God? Jesus makes it very clear. There is only one God. Now all this talk about being tolerant or accepting or respecting all of these other religions, that too is a lie of the devil. That is a, that is a, a part of wickedness and it is part of the program that seeks to undermine the truth of the scripture. There is but one God and one Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has come as the Son of God of the Father, glorified by God the Holy Spirit, who lives and dwells in every true believer. Jesus goes on. Do not think, verse 45, that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. You notice that? For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You notice that? They talked about and and uh, like to go about bragging about their knowledge of the scripture. And there are people today who talk about the Bible as though they know it, yet they've never read it. When I was teaching over at the university and, and uh, uh, students in, in the class, you know, they would say, well, there are contradictions in the Bible. So I would put a Bible on the table and I'd say, okay, well then uh, show me one. Yet to this day, I've never had one shown to me. The truthful witness, the truthful testimony. Now, one more passage. Let's look at Matthew chapter 3. We're almost done for today. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. That's why we, we baptize by immersion down into the water to bring a person up. You see, he was taken down into the water and brought back up because it symbolizes also a resurrection. The resurrection being buried and being raised to new life. 
Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. It is the testimony of God the Father. And so, we're going to bring this message to a close because we're out of time. That's just the first sub-point. But there's so much more in the scripture concerning the truthful witness of the Father to his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this letter C, the unbeliever accuses God of lying. And I've witnessed to people before and who have uh, rejected the Lord or they say, well, I don't believe that, I don't believe that it's true, etc., etc. So I just come out and tell them. I'll just, I'll just say, so then you're calling Jesus a liar. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. Well, yes, you are. That's exactly what you're doing. But we don't have time to get into that one now. <laughs> but... We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And as we do, I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I know? Do I know Christ as my Savior? Do I know that I am forgiven? Do I know that when I die, because we're going to die, Amen. unless the Lord calls us up first. Amen? We're going to die. Do you know Christ as your Savior, and do you know that you're going to heaven? Amen. So as we sing, if you don't know, you need to give your heart to the Lord now. Not tomorrow, not next week. We're not promised tomorrow. We live today. You give your life to Him and step out and walk down that aisle. He walked all the way to Golgotha and suffered that agonizing death upon the cross for you, for me, for the entire human race. You can step out and walk down the aisle. Let's stand, please, as we sing. You come, you make your decisions to follow the Lord Jesus. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.